Bless the name of the Lord. If you're physically able, I want you to stand for the reading of the word. That word is found in Psalm 149. Psalm 149. If you're able, I want you to read it aloud with me. And I want you to say the beginning and the end as loud as you can. The first verse, Psalm 149, beginning at verse 1. The first verse, say it the first three words as loud as you can. And the last three words as loud as you can. The first three words, come on. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with a timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. The last three words, loud as you can. Do me a favor, if you're not too mean, look at somebody right now. Just say, neighbor, I'm going to praise him on purpose. I'm going to praise him on purpose. I'm going to praise him on purpose. I'm going to look at somebody else. Just tell them, neighbor, there's purpose in my praise. If that neighbor's not working for you, find a different neighbor. Just say, neighbor, I've been doing too much not to praise him today. Last time, this is the last one. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I'm going through too much right now not to open up the door for my miracle. So I'm praising him on purpose now there's a miracle waiting for me may take your seats if you can.
the psalmist says, praise the Lord. The psalmist on behalf of God says that it's time to praise the Lord. The Lord's providential care has been so great toward us that we ought to praise him. Every now and then you ought to celebrate God. You ought to give a good thank you. Uh, there ought to be a hallelujah in your mouth. I don't care how bad last week was. God has still been good. I don't care what you went through in 2019. The operative word is through. God's been carrying you through. You may have been standing with a loved one at a hospital bed, but God's been carrying you through. You may have seen hardship and hard trials, but God has been carrying you through. There may have been some tears in your eyes, but God has been carrying you through. You may have wanted to crawl up in a fetal position and never get out the bed ever again, but God has been carrying you through. And at some point in your life, you ought to be able just to say thank you. There ought to be a high praise in your mouth. There ought to be a hallelujah on your tongue. There ought to be a glory in you. You ought to be able to lift up your voice like a trumpet in Zion. Let me just help you here. Jesus, when he was going into the city, the people said, you ought to make your disciples be quiet. And Jesus said, if these be silent, the rocks would cry out. I don't know about you, but there's no rock around me that has my testimony. Can't nobody praise God for me. Can't no inanimate object praise God for me. Because God has been good. The last five Psalms in the Bible, Psalm 146, begins and ends with the same words. Uh, they're called the Hallelujah Psalms. 146 starts out with Hallelujah, and it ends with Hallelujah. Uh, we, we translated Praise the Lord. Uh, the Hebrew there is hallelujah, and what it means is it means to the hallelujah is to boast, and the yah is short for Yahweh. So when we say hallelujah, we're boasting in Yahweh. We're saying praise to our God. We're saying praise the Lord, and every now and then there's a hallelujah that ought to be had. Now someone will ask me, they'll say to me, Reverend, why do I need to praise God? Well, I ought to tell you this, because you love him, you ought to praise him. Let me, let me look out here. Any married folk in here today? When you look at your spouse and you tell her, baby, you're pretty, 
And he looked back at you and said, oh, you're gorgeous. And y'all looking at each other and y'all happy to see each other. Uh, you're not saying that just because you want something. You are actually adoring them. You are giving them adoration. You are letting them know that you love them. Because if you love them every now and then, you ought to have some symbol of love with you. You ought to have a sign of love with you. You ought to be able to speak your love from your mouth. There ought to be a love language between you that you can say something that sounds like you love him because when you love him you ought to show it and if you show that you love God God said I can tell you how to love me I've got a love language and my love language is praise and, and God said I delight in the praises of my people Let me see if I can take this down and break it out and make this text live. God said, I delight in praises. Uh, you know, my, my wife, well, oh, when I met her, uh, she had beautiful, long black hair. She had beautiful, oh my God. I had a moment. <laughs> when, I, when I met her, I loved her and I loved her hair. I loved her personally. We, we got along great and uh, we had a great time together. We, we knew something was happening. Well, now you got to know me. I grew up with a mother with long, beautiful red hair. And I grew up in a Pentecostal home. Now my mama is Pentecostal. And so in there, in her grouping, they believed that a woman's hair was her glory. And they added the last part, if it be long. So they didn't really cut hair often. And if they did cut hair, it was almost a signal of sin. Oh, Lord have mercy. So when I was a little boy, my mama cut her hair. And when she cut some of her hair off, I wouldn't speak to her for a month. Because as far as I was concerned, she was sinning. I loved when my mama went home to glory, if you had seen her when at her deathbed, her hair was way down the middle of her back, long flowing red head, even to the day of her death. It was long, beautiful hair. My sister used to have a time trying to take care of it. Now, so I marry a girl with long, pretty hair. And one day she said she wanted to cut her hair. And of course, I looked at her like she was sinning. What I didn't realize was that she was keeping her hair long because it delighted me. It wasn't what she wanted. It was what delight. Y'all missed that. Went over your head. Because if you really love somebody, you'll do stuff that makes them happy. Come on to church with me. Somebody sitting in the audience right now, you talking about you shy, you don't speak up, you can't wave your hand, you don't want anybody to see you cry, you don't want to hear anybody see you hollering hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you really love him, you'll do stuff that delights him. Back up, I'm trying to go somewhere with this. So my wife says she wants, and I said, well, baby, if you really want to cut it, you know, there's no biblical, no theological reason. You can cut your hair. And she came home with her hair cut. 
It didn't take me a month, but it took me a minute. I had to... she, she cut her hair. She looked beautiful with it. And I accepted it because just as she kept it long to delight me, I accepted it short because it delighted her. You can ask her anytime. In between beautician appointments, who helps to keep her hair? I do. You know why? Because it delights her. Y'all still ain't got this yet. God puts up with some stuff from you that may not be exactly what he likes, but he allows it because it delights you. And so God keeps on letting you do what some of the things you like to do, even though they're not perfected, because he loves you. Y'all ain't got this yet. Let me see if I can preach this a little bit. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Here, here it is. Here it is. God says, I, I command you. We are commanded to adoration. I, that, that I struggle with that. We're commanded to adoration. We're commanded to, to praise him. We're commanded to... No, 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 no. This is a struggle here because, you know... Only people that, I'm talking human terms now, not, not divine. People that need adoration uh, usually have small egos and need to get puffed up. You know, they have to put people around them that tell them what they want to hear, even when they're wrong. They make perfect phone calls that are imperfect or perfectly imperfect. Why do you, God, why do you need my praise? Don't, don't you get enough with the angels? They flying around daily, crying out and praising you. The elders are at the altar bowing down and praising you. Why do you need my praise? Can I help somebody here? God doesn't need your praise. He deserves your praise. I know y'all missing it. It's, it's, coming, it's coming across right now. Let me, let me make this clear. When you express your praise of God, what you are doing is you are entering in and completing the circle of relationship with God. Come on right here. Here it is. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He, said, he says, uh, C.S. Lewis, a great writer in Reflections on the Psalm, put it this way. He said, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise is not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is a pointed consummation. It is not out of a compliment that a lover keeps telling another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. I know it went over your head, so come on back. Don't, don't just keep looking at me and I have to imagine you love me. 
the delight is incomplete until it is expressed. Come here, Beyonce. Say my name, say my If you really love me, put a what? Put a ring on it. The delight is incomplete. Oh, I'm preaching up in here today. Until it is expressed. At some point, you have to express. Come on, Lewis, help me again. It is frustrating to have to discover, I'm reading Lewis again, a new author. Or to not be able to tell anybody how good it was. Or suddenly to have a turn in the road on a mountain valley of an unexpected grandeur. And then to have it keep, have to keep silent because people will look at you and laugh and think it's only a ditch. He says, what you need to realize is this. To fully enjoy God is to glorify God. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Let me help you here. God is inviting you to the party. God is inviting you to enjoy his presence. God is inviting you to enjoy the saturation of his holiness. And as you begin to worship him and to praise him, you get a chance to enter into the presence of God. And in so doing, you get to enter into the joy of the Lord. Because I did hear the Bible say, the joy of the Lord, tap somebody right now, tell them he's on your street, is my strength. C come here. I'm commanded to adoration. I'm, I'm commanded. He says, he says, I want you to do this for me. Sing a new song. Old song ain't no good. I want a new song. I want you to sing a new song because I'm ready for you to celebrate. He said, and I want you to do it in the assembly of the saints. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. He says, I need you to rejoice. And what he says to them is, I need you to do it in corporate worship and public places because I need you to get, there's something about being in a place like this that you can't quite get when you're at home. It doesn't mean you can't have church at house. Doesn't mean you can't have a wonderful experience with God at the house. But baby, when you get in here among the saints and the saints go in, it kind of drags you in with them. Some of y'all wasn't even thinking about crying, but when we started praising a minute ago, tears started flowing down your eyes because in the assembly of the saints, when you're in the congregation, when the power falls, you you can't help but feel the fire. He says, I want you to praise him. Hey, Lord, how do you want me to praise you? He said, he said, I want you to just get down, get down. No, he says, I want you to. He says, uh, he said, I want you to praise his name. Look at somebody say, neighbor, the next dance has to be a good dance. He says, I want you to praise me in the dance. 
Now, now there, there are at least three different kinds of dances. Uh, the, the one kind of dance is the kind of dance we do that is choreographed. We call it liturgical dance. And it's beautiful and it can be well done. And, and our, our God's army and praise and worship, they do a beautiful job at it. Uh, there's another kind of dance that is a celebration dance. So that when Miriam and those came to the other side of the Red Sea, they got a tambourine and they began to dance and praise the Lord. Now mind you here, this wasn't no holy dance here because the Holy Ghost had not yet come. This was a celebration dance. They were thanking God for what God had done. High five somebody, say neighbor. Sometimes you just got to celebrate. Celebrate good times. Thank you, man. You on it today. Every now and then there needs to be a celebration. But then there's a third kind of dance. Then some of y'all done had it once or twice. It's a charismatic dance. It happens when the Holy Spirit hits you and it puts running in your feet, clapping in your hands. It'll make you jump when there's nothing to be afraid of. It'll make you spin like a top. It'll make you hold your head back and say hallelujah. Elbow somebody real quick. Say, neighbor, I ain't seen you dance lately. It's time for you to let the Holy Ghost touch your feet. No, 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 no. I'm trying not to get way started. Stay right there, Reverend. Stay right there. Y'all ain't got it. Because see, there's some of us that have been through so much that all you got to do is tell me to think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. And then all of a sudden I get a happiness in my soul. And it cries out, hallelujah. I'm trying, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go y'all. The, the Ecclesiastes said there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. See, because when I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, how he bled and died back on Calvary, I can dance, 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 dance all night. All right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it. See, I, I feel something up in here. See, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14. David said, you can get so happy dancing that you'll dance up out your clothes. Look at somebody say, neighbor, you need to get happy sometimes. The Holy Ghost ought to make you jump sometime. 
Okay. I'm commanded to adoration. Y'all, give me, give me 10 moments. I'm almost done. I don't know five minutes. I'll do it in five. I got to get done. I really got to get done. Because I got two more things that I'm telling you, I'm going to blow your mind at the end. I'm going to give you something that's going to really bless you. I promise you, I'm going to give you. Woo! I'm going to make you want to run. When you find out what you can do by running, they won't be able to sit your butt down. Let me help you here. He says that not only am I commanded to adoration, but because of the commandment of adoration, I get covenant access. Now, now let me help you here. Did you notice that he said that he would praise him in the assembly of the saints? Verse 5 says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Come on here. I know I'm going to bless you here. He says, here's what I want you to know. The saints here refers to the congregation of the people who were gathered. And what made them saints was that they were a part of the covenant family. And since they were in the covenant family, they had access to everything that the covenant brought with it. I'm about to bless you here. Every promise of the covenant belonged to them. Every prayer of the covenant belonged to them. All of the power of the covenant belong to them. And if you're a saint of the most high God and you're a part of the twelve of Jesus Christ, you've been made heir and joint heir with the covenant of him. And because you're an heir and a joint heir, you've got covenant promises and covenant access. He said, now ask anything in my name. Touch somebody, just tell them I got access. You may have been shut out, but I got access. That's why I'm getting ready. Psalm 100 says, I'm getting ready to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Y'all missed it. He says, all your lands. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving he said look you want to come before the presence of God you won't come before God's presence with singing with praises and you've got access into all that God says verse 4 says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and I like this part bless his name Look at somebody say, neighbor, I will bless the Lord. No, you get another neighbor. That one ain't helping you none. Tell them, neighbor, I will bless the Lord at all times, at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, 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 oh,
magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Okay, I'm, I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I know y'all. Y'all got one last thing. I'm skipping about three or four pages to get to the end. Because I know y'all need this last part. I promise y'all, if you get this one, won't nobody ever stop you from praising God after this. The last thing I want to tell you is that when you praise God, you end up with complete authority. Ain't nothing like gaining access to something that you ain't supposed to be in. But he says, I'm not only going to give you access, but I'm going to give you authority. I know y'all messing with me because y'all, y'all don't seen this. So, so excuse me if you already seen it. But for the five of y'all that didn't, let me talk to you. He says, verse six, let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two edged sword in their hand look at somebody say neighbor I got a praise in my mouth and a sword in my hand look at somebody say I got a praise in my mouth and a sword in my hand you better watch out for me I've got authority to use it I got a praise in my mouth and a sword in my hand. You better watch out for me. I got authority to use it. Well, Reverend, the question is, what you gonna use it on? Verse seven tells you to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people, to bind their kings with chains and their noblemen with fetters. He said to execute it on them, the written judgment. This is the honor of all his saints y'all missed it let me tell you something god has honored you by giving you the authority to bind up everything that tried to bind you has given you the authority complete authority to bind up everything every lying tongue every backbiting spirit every criticism every hatred God has given you complete authority to bind up everything Y'all think I'm kidding with you. Look at the person next to neighbor. You better grab this one. This gonna bless your life. 
Listen, he says, Matthew 18 says, Jesus put it this way. Assuredly, I tell you this, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you can agree to anything concerning anything that gets asked, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. I tell you right now, open up your mouth and give God a praise. Listen here, your praise right now is getting ready to release your blessing and allow you to execute what God has told you to execute and to bind what God has told you to bind. And God said, all I want from you is to enter my presence with a praise on your lips and the sword in your hand and I'll break every yoke. Somebody give him a praise.